when I turned about 15, 16 is when I moved to Oahu to stay with my uncle. Because like I said, once again, I'm in New York. I'm a little mischievous kid. Damn, so this is like Fresh Prince of uh, of Hawaii. Pretty much. Fresh Princess of Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> like, my kids didn't even know we were homeless when we were homeless. Don't ever let somebody's $40,000 opinion destroy your million-dollar dream. Okay? Snaps to that. Hey, guys. Just a quick show note. So I mentioned this later in the episode, but... Ashley Thomas has an upcoming fashion show, actually a set of shows coming very soon within the island of Maui in Hawaii. So I'll put it down in the description, but uh, check it out at your pace. But here's the show. Don't be nervous. Uh, it's just a conversation. And uh, worst case scenario, you sound stupid. We all sound stupid. Who cares? <laughs> um, <clears throat> hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Lives of the Party with your host, Jelly Gannell here. I'm here with Ashley Thomas. Now, Ashley Thomas, well, she, well, she'll be here to describe who she is in just a little bit, but she was someone that I met when I was in Maui, Hawaii. She talked about how she was, was running this fashion show, and she had this line that was upcoming, and she just seemed like such a happy, cheerful person who offered to have me be in her show. And while I couldn't be in that show, I did offer her the chance to be on my show. And for this reason, Ashley... Happy to see you. How are you? Hey, happy to see you again, too. I'm doing good. Okay. Now, in your words, what do you do? So, I am a mom for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I do everything. I'm, I'm a mom. I'm a fiance. I'm a business owner. I'm a maid. I'm a cook. I'm everything under the sun. I'm superwoman. Wow. Renaissance <laughs> woman. Okay. Now... Tell me, what are you doing now? Why are you on the show? What do you want to talk about? So I have an up-and-coming, like you just recently said, I have an up-and-coming fashion line that I am presenting at Down the Hatch um, on Maui. In Down the Hatch is a restaurant, one of the most popular restaurants that we have out here. Um, they have the best food on the island. Well, some of the best food on the island. Some of the best food on the island. <laughs> And I have a ton of amazing entertainment there. And I would be actually throwing the first fashion show that they've ever had there. Wow. So I'm super excited about that. Okay. And uh, just to set a context. So you have this, you're, you're starting this fashion show. You have this fashion line. Um, so what is this fashion line? So this fashion line pretty much represents everything that I am. So it's a little bit of piece of me, but I want everybody else to be able to see themselves within it as well. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Now, you right now you're the head of this line. Is there anyone else who's yeah. in this? Nope. Just it's you. all me. I am a one woman show. One woman show. That's impressive. You know, did you see yourself doing this? Always did. Always um, did. When I was yeah, when I was little, um, my godmother, she owns a company, a talent agency called Unique Essence. So I have been modeling and dancing since I was three. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always been a person that drew a lot too as well. So I used to design my own Harvey's clothes and I used to hand sew them. Used to hand sew these clothes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. And what, that was as you got older? And Okay, so... Growing up then, I'm guessing you're a very creative person. 
Yeah, I was a little mischievous kid too. I was, always getting, <laughs> I was always getting into stuff because it was just, I don't know if it's just the areas in me. Once I got bored of something, I would always try to go find something else that, you know, intrigued me. Mm-hmm. But once I would start getting bored was when I would get in trouble because I would start trying to figure out ways to do certain things. But one thing that always kept my attention and always kept me focused is when it came to like something that was creative. Because I had to really put thought into it and mm-hmm. really focus on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's me pretty much. Wow. So dancing, you're making like little clothes yourself. You said you were kind of a mischievous kid. Mm-hmm. Wow. And from what I hear, you started this fashion line in 2019. Yes. So I went through the whole process of getting my LLC, which was Shirley's LLC, in 2019. I was like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then you know how you have that um, you just have that small voice in the back of your head because if sometimes like you when you don't see everyone else with the same enjoyment and excitement about something that you're about to do, then all of a sudden this little voice in the back of your head just pops up like oh maybe this isn't the thing for you or maybe you know this isn't a good idea or can you really do this you know why is everyone else not excited about it the way that I am. You know, is this a waste of time? You're a mom. Do you have time to do this? Mm-hmm. Do you have the funds to try to do something like this? And I didn't do it. But the first step was getting that LLC. Because I remember when I moved out here, I told the other half, I said, in five years, I give myself five years and I'm going to have my business. And that mm-hmm. was the first step. <laughs> was mm-hmm. wow. Getting the LLC. And then after that, it took a whole year for me to try to finally get tired of the BS of the place that I was working at. And I was just, and I'm really good at customer service. I'm just like, why am I putting all this time and effort in something? What you work <laughs> like, before? So before, um, <laughs> Boss Frogs, um, they basically do all of the, um, what is it called? All the activities and entertainment. So like if you need anything booked on island they do it mm-hmm. and i was amazing at that like you can go check my google your reviews through on yelp all of them ashley thomas polygraphs <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah no, i was amazing at it and i just i don't know i don't know if it's just a new york in me i was just like dude i was like i'm sitting here putting all this time and effort into making another family rich why mm-hmm. am i not putting that same time and effort into making into your, sure that into i'm making generational wealth you know, I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, I just I'm very much on that same way on that same wavelength of if I'm going to put in like day in, day out, hours and hours of my life at some point, it better damn end up where I benefit. Because I mean, look, we all have to work for someone. We all have to do something that we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. But there comes a point and it seems like you reach that that breaking point. So, mm-hmm. okay, so you, you, you moved to Hawaii, right? Because, mm-hmm. guys, um, I, yeah, I, uh, just to say again, I met her when I was in Hawaii, which being in Maui for the first time, absolutely gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. What mm-hmm. made you come out there in the first place? Because for that reason, Maui Sugar Waves, your fashion line is named after where you are. Yeah, so, okay, so let's start from the beginning. I'm originally from New York. I have been coming to Hawaii every summer since I was nine. My family's military. My mom's only son 
was stationed. My mom's only son. My grandmother's only son okay. was stationed on um, Oahu. So every summer since I was nine, I've been coming out. When I turned about 15, 16 is when I moved to Oahu to stay with my uncle. Because like I said, once again, I'm in New York. I'm a little mischievous kid. I'm yeah. trying to figure out how to get into stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn, so so th- this this is like Fresh Prince of uh, of Hawaii. Pretty much. Fresh Prince of Hawaii. <laughs> Pretty much. Wow. And um, I met my fiance now when we were 18. And we have been on and off for years, pretty much, since we were 18. And in between that, I have met, I met my, um, my kid's father. Mm-hmm. And um, we got married, and it was a horrible relationship. Um, anything possible that you can name happened in that relationship. The only thing that was a blessing that came out of that is my three lovely kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that divorce, and I'm going through all my healing process and everything, my Prince Charming came back into my life again, which is my fiance now. Mm-hmm. And we've been going strong. <laughs> you can see him over here. He's over here. <laughs> going like that. Um, we've been going strong for like seven, eight years now. And he's a Maui boy. His, um, he can't leave because he is Maui born and raised, and he is never leaving Maui. <laughs> um, oh my God. I mean, <laughs> being in Maui for a few days, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, weather is great. People are very friendly. The island life—it's—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's, it's very slow, but slow is the wrong word. It's lived. I feel. Yeah. Like people, it—it mm-hmm. it, it isn't a go go go. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, we're, we're gonna relax, not in a lazy way. We're going to enjoy being enjoy here. it. Yeah, and actually take it all in. Yeah. Which kind of makes me kind of laugh about how you're choosing to go on this ambitious journey of being an <laughs> entrepreneur in Maui. And you know what, though? It's because I feel like, okay, so when I was living on Oahu, it felt like it was a mini New York on an island, pretty much. Really? So you you, right. so you you would say, can you describe to people the difference in these islands? Because okay. people like me, ignorant, Hawaii is Hawaii, you know? No, every island is different, okay? So every island has, like, it's... um. It's like having two eyebrows, right? They're related, but they not the same. <laughs> They're never matching. And um, like Oahu is pretty much like Oahu reminds me pretty much of like the, of LA. Mm. Pretty much is what Oahu reminds me of. Um, mm. Maui is more of like okay, so Maui's more. I don't know. I'm gonna explain it like. Maui wasn't always as fast paced, like, and it's not, as you said, it's not even fast paced. Maui wasn't always this fast paced. When he first tried to convince me to move out here when we were like 18, 19 years old, I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. I was like, he's not bringing that city girl here to nothing. But I don't know how to explain it. Like, Oahu really it reminds me of New York, LA. Small, if you put it in a small package, wow. it's like mini me. That's it's, what Oahu. Wow reminds me of like it's interesting not it does not give like it's nothing like maui nothing it's like maui times a thousand but Mm -hmm. on red bull pretty (laughs) wow (laughs) and so you couldn't take that it seemed like you were no i could take it but if i wanted to raise my family the way that i wanted to raise it and to get out of so 
we were going through a real struggle on Oahu. Like before me and my other half got together, there was that point in time where me and my kids were struggling with homelessness for mm. about a year and a half. And um, there was a vacation that I could not join because I couldn't get the time off. And my other half, being the Superman that he is, didn't want me to be by myself. And we had just really never, um, we had never really met back up after the last we broke up when we were younger. And we were like, okay, this will be the meetup, you know, to finally like reconcile everything and be friends. And I remember telling him, I was like, just to let you know, before I leave here, I'm gonna make you my man. And he was like, no. He was like, this is just, you know, to say goodbye the right way. And I said what I said, and I meant it. And now we're engaged. So. Wow. But um, you know. the whole reason why I'm out here is my kids just to have the stability for them. Like, I don't worry about them walking to school and from school. You know what I mean? Of course, as a mom, I have like my normal worries. But of course. it's not as bad as it would be if. I was on Oahu. Like, I remember as a child living in New York, my mom wanted me to walk a certain way. So if something happened to me, somebody would see it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like, I just love enjoying the fact that they can go walk down the street and somebody that we know can literally put a phone, like, hey, I just seen your child, you know, walk into the store. It was, it was, it, or, you know what I mean? Like, I so, like, like that. So, like, that small vibe, the small town vibe. Everyone yeah, knows like, each other and is like friendly with each other. They can still, you know, get the hanging out having mm. a good time but safely i don't have to worry about any of that like i couldn't go from it. i could only go from one corner to one corner as a child i couldn't go around the block <laughs> you I know feel. what i mean i feel yeah yeah wow um so something i heard about hawaii is there's this i once heard someone say poverty in paradise which is why some areas can be so yeah. dangerous like you know there's the tourist spots which are nice and gated and guarded and totally safe but then there's the outside of the island that oh you don't want to walk there at night as exactly as you said mm -hmm. because it can be dangerous is that true mm -hmm. um i've i don't insert in, yeah like in my certain, have to say, in certain places mm -hmm. i don't think it's as bad over here as it is on oahu but i think you know what I mean? I think that's like that anywhere, though. If you go anywhere, you know, of course, yeah, you become a part of your environment, mm -hmm. and then you know, some people I feel like, you know, you just grow up thinking a certain way, or you just grow up with a certain hatred in your heart or something, and you just become a product of your environment. But I really feel like over here, everyone's really nice over here. To be honest with you. Wow. Oh well, that's good to hear. Okay, so eventually. You go and you leave Oahu and then you come to Maui and then you spend some time just working, right? And then it's mm -hmm. up until what age are you? Do you decide to go and create this fashion sure. line? Because it's, from what I hear, it's been brewing in your heart. It right. has. <laughs> um, what happened? Well, I think when did I start Fashion Logs? Like, what was that, 2018? So we'll see 28. Okay, so 2028, 2029. I mean, I'm sorry, 2028. What is 2028? So <laughs> in 2018, 2019, I'm working with Boss Frog. So I'm about 28, 29. Mm -hmm. um, so the thing with that company is um, I'm really good with numbers. 
you get to see the revenue that you bring in mm-hmm. for the company. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm like, if I could do this for this company and just speaking to the owner, he literally just comes up with these ideas and he doesn't let anything that anyone can say that's going to go wrong or say that he couldn't do, he just did it. And I'm just like, I have all these amazing ideas. I literally will sit up here and come up with like 10 different business ideas and mm-hmm. never actually push forward with it. But mm-hmm. one thing that I've always consistently wanted to do was fashion, if that's just designing something or putting together some stuff or just, you know, just I don't have to like design everything. I'm really good with just looking at stuff and taking things that you wouldn't think would go good together and putting it together and it being cute. And that's just how I've always been. I've always been with my uniform and I had to wear a uniform to school, my uniform to work. So it really isn't like a pinpoint on the time that I decided to do the fashion line because it's just something I've always wanted to do. But I had enough 2019 and uh, 2018. I had told them, no, 2017, I told them I gave myself five years that I was going to officially like have my business. Mm-hmm. By 2019, I had my LLC. By 2020, mm-hmm. no, well, by the end of 2019, I had said, uh-uh, fuck this 99, 9 to 5. I'm going to mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. Yeah, do my yeah. own thing. I had gotten to the fairs. They have local fairs out here. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do the fair. I remember I did my first fair, and it was my last fair because COVID had hit. And that first fair, everything that could have possibly went wrong, went wrong, oh, wow. but I still stayed like you know positive so after so I had my kids with me right because those have been like my kids have been my motivation since day one like my kids didn't even know we were homeless when we were homeless Mm -hmm. like I have how are you able to do that like for like have them not know that you were homeless so what we would do was um so before it got really bad we would stay at hotels I would tell them that we were staying in hotels because we were having vacations. Oh. And I would pick these hotels where um, they had places where you can order food and charge it to the room because I knew that I wouldn't have been able to pay for food right then and there. But by the time we checked out, I knew that I'd have some type of money, you know what I mean, to pay mm-hmm. for the food. Mm-hmm. And then when I couldn't keep up with that, because, you know, staying in expensive hotels constantly, you know, it starts acting up. Mm-hmm. And it's too much. So then we went from that to camping on the beach. They thought that we were just camping. Camping. You know what I mean? Wow. And um, I had started making all these little relationships with different vendors and stuff, street vendors. And in the morning, um, this guy, he owned a fruit stand in Waikiki. And he made sure that we had a breakfast bowl every morning to eat. And the kids didn't even realize that. Like, we would get up, get everything tacked up, go eat the food, watch the sun come up. And then the kids wow. would be at the beach all day playing, you know what I mean? So, and they didn't realize, you know, and thank God these things happened, like, during summertime. And I was able to homeschool at one point. So, but um, we'd be at the beach all day. You know, it's the beach life. We live on an island. Wow. You know, they don't think, you know, anything bad. You know, they were still able to shower. They were still able to change their clothes. But I just stayed positive. I never let them see me upset and cry. Like, I always made it positive. Like, for the longest, like, my daughter thought, it's like, where someone lives. Like, you're supposed to stay in a hotel. You're supposed to have someone come clean up your room after you and all that (laughs) stuff. I just made it 
fun. So wow, that they feel like they were missing out in life. And honestly, there aren't too many kids that can say that they were able to stay in a hotel that long, you know, that long of a period and enjoy oh the hotel life like that on Oahu in Hawaii. You know what I mean? Like, but I did yeah. everything possible and possible to make sure that my kids didn't realize that there was days that I didn't eat just to make sure that they could eat. That sounds, that's all that I could afford. That sounds, I mean, it's amazing what mothers are able to do sometimes. That sounds so selfless. How like you made this whole thing an adventure for them. How like they would camp mm-hmm. out on the beach and oh, we're just camping. Oh, we're going on vacations all around the island. Mm-hmm. And you were just able to hide that from them. How old were they during this time? So during that time, my kids were so my daughter had to have just been born. So my daughter who is eight now, she had to be one. Mm-hmm. My middle child about two mm-hmm. and then my oldest one about six wow so i had tiny tiny kids wow and <laughs> my god and newborn two years old six years old you're going around hotels and mm-hmm. you're just teaching them that you're just you're just telling them the other on this adventure so mm-hmm. that seems like a lot of time as it is. And while you have the benefit of these street vendors and these nice people who are willing to mm-hmm. lend stuff to you, like, how are you able to find jobs and scrounge up the money to pay for this? So then it got to the point where, okay, so then I had to find a babysitter. A babysitter that was willing to not have to be paid up front. Yeah. You know, someone that was willing to fill me on the back end that understood what I was going through. Um, and then at one point I actually started dancing and that was able to keep up with the whole, um, you know, having to pay for a hotel room and being able to take care of it on the back end. And then that Mm. helped. That's a night job. So my day time was, you know, free and open. So we would check out of these hotels sometimes at like three o'clock during the day. And then, you know, be out at the beach all day. Mm-hmm. And then I remember people would see that knew me from my nightlife. And they'd be like, they didn't even know I was homeless. They were like, how in the hell are you out at the crack of dawn with your kids? You <laughs> working all night. I was like, I give you so much props for that. And I'm just like, yeah. I was like, it's easy to you know anything for the kids. Damn. But little did they know is the reason we were out at the crack of dawn was because at one point, like I said, we couldn't afford the hotels anymore. So we were living on the beach, but I wanted to make sure everything was all packed up so no one saw us, you know, at our lowest, mm. you know what I mean? So no one could come and say anything that could potentially, you know, change their mindset. Mm. So I made everything seem like it's just an adventure. Like now my kids wow. just want to go to freaking hotels all the damn time now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, eventually then, after the summer's over, how are you able to get out? Is it through dancing that you're able to get a house so, or no. a place to rent? Um, so, in the beginning it was, but dancing kind of follows with the economy. So, however the economy is doing depends on how much I'm going to make in dancing. Of course. And then, yeah. I also held myself to a certain standard because, like I said, I've done, like, regular dancing, like ballet, modern tap, African jazz. Before. So, I was really good with whole work mm-hmm. i wasn't the type that kind of went there and was just like oh give me some money <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like i yeah. went and it was an art for me that was the only thing that <clears throat> pushed me to continue mm-hmm. you know to go that yeah. and the kids 
Yeah. And um, it just got really slow after a while. So then that's when it got really bad. And I still, I don't honestly, like, I still to this day, I don't know how I made it work. Like, thank God I had some connections and some people that were willing to help me in the situation that I was in. But I was, like, at my all-time lowest at that point mm-hmm. because my family wasn't involved at the time. You know, me and my family, we didn't agree on my life choices. I didn't agree on, you know, some of the choices they made on you know, how to treat me. And um, I just felt like I had nobody. Like, I had allowed my ex to kind of seclude me. I had no friends. I had no family, you know. And the only person that would keep talking to me, even though I would annoy him sometimes, <laughs> was my fiance now. Mm-hmm. And um, if it wasn't for him and his family, we probably would still be in the same situation that we're in now. Because he pretty much like saved us from all of that. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and so it's because of that you're able to get back on your feet. And now you are where you are mm-hmm. in a household of its own. Um, and then, yes. and, and so, my quarters too. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, how many years then after this, uh, like whole fiasco, do you like, is this from starting the fashion line? Or was this simultaneous? Um, it kind of just all started falling in place. Like I started seeing all of my friends Mm -hmm. that I have danced with forever, you Mm -hmm. know, they create these businesses and I'm like, why have I not created a business yet? But then in the back Mm -hmm. of my mind, because my grandparents are from down South. So they're real Mm -hmm. old school. Like, Mm -hmm. so they'll talk about like how, you know, a wife's supposed to be at home, take care of kids. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to be trying (laughs) to start no business. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do all that. Well, like, that was always also my concern because I always thought I was going to be a single parent. So I didn't think that I had the space, you know, and the funds to even try to do something like that because if I fail, you know what I mean? At yeah. the end of the day, who was going to take care of the kids? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was just the mindset that I was stuck in. And mm-hmm. I just didn't want help from nobody. I just wanted to be able to do it on my own. And um, I don't know, one day, I don't know. I think Boston said just pissed me off so bad one day. And I just came in the house and I remember me and him just pillow talking. I'm like, five years. Give me five years and I'm going to start my line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like, mm-hmm. he's the type where he's like, all right, I want to hear it. I want to see it. Yeah. And literally 2019, I got the LLC. And then I was like, I'm going to wait till my taxes hit. I'm going to take that money. I'm going to go find some fluff fluff. And once I get it off the ground, you know, when I say fluff fluff, I'm talking about, you know, you order wholesale stuff. Mm. And then once I get that off the ground, I'm going to start adding, you know, some of my original pieces when I have the wow. funds to try to get uh-huh. my original pieces made. So when you say you're going to start with wholesale, it sounds like to me that you're breaking up your mm-hmm. business then into multiple phases. So like wholesale mm-hmm. is, there isn't much editing to the fabric itself. It's like Gildan Tees or just, in bulk and you're printing yeah you don't really you don't get to create any of this the only thing that you create is how you take each piece and put it together so Mm -hmm. pretty much you see a top you like they go okay for you to get two smalls two mediums one large one extra large is going to be 131 Mm -hmm. now it's up to you to either just to sell it as is or 
you take your creativity and pair it with something else that they got on the wholesale website. And, you know, you kind of make it your own style. You show how versatile each thing could be. Mm-hmm. So like, basically, if you go on a website and you see that they have T-shirts, but then you see that whole T-shirt and outfit. Okay. That's not how you um, order it. And half the time, they don't design that stuff. They go to a wholesaler. They go through, you know, each host, each brand in the wholesalers. They look at everything and go, oh, okay, this and this will look nice together. Let's put this and this together. And you do it that way. So a lot of times, especially when you're working by yourself, you don't have the time. You know what I mean? To try to make all of these different outfits or you don't have the funds to get a pattern made and send it to a company that can, you know, manufacture it for you and then distribute, you know, then you mm. distribute it. Mm. You know, not everyone's capable of doing that. So what you do is you order fluff fluff is what I call it. Fluff fluff. You order fluff fluff. <laughs> You order fluff fluff, you know, to fill the website up. And then you have your, the stuff that you design yourself. This is mm. what I've created myself. Like the whole line is stuff that I've created myself because these are outfits that I've put together. Mm-hmm. You know, have I physically created each and every outfit inside of it? No. But this is my style. This is what I'm presenting to you guys. This is what wow. I put together. And that takes a lot of thought within itself, too, because not only like a lot of businesses fail because they go through that. I, 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 you've already sold to yourself. You now got to try to sell to other people. Other people. Uh-huh. So are these people going to like what you like? No, you're not going to always like what other people like. So I sometimes try to like look at stuff and I was like, hmm, that's freaking hideous. But then I'm like, wait, I think I've seen some people. Let me. You know, I I was, I was going to ask that then. Uh, what is your inspiration then when it comes to designing? Do you look at what people are wearing? Do you go in the street and interview? Do you just use your own eye? And I know it's a mixture of all of them, but. Mm-hmm. So originally I'm from New York. So if you know anything about New York, it's a whole mixed pot. It's, it's fashion. a little bit of yeah, everything over there. Capital. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, um. I look at everything like I and I don't even realize I'm doing it like I'm some constant like every time I go places I'm looking at what they're wearing and a lot of times like I'll walk up to a random person like oh girl that's cute <laughs> like oh thank you and it's just like I don't even realize I do it and then when I go start looking for stuff I'm like dag I see them pants and style this style mm-hmm. and that Dad, mm-hmm. I seen that shirt. Oh, Dad, I realized a lot of people are wearing them little chunky behind headbands, even though they're hideous, but I see a lot of people wearing them. Mm-hmm. Let me add that, you know what I mean? And a lot of times, you know, I think with the first go round, um, I think the two reasons why it failed, I'm not going to say it failed because it really didn't. It failed in my mind. Because, and, and I'll explain later why I say that. Um, because it was like I said, I, 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 I was like, I don't like none of that. I'm not going to put that, but I like this. You know what I mean? I want to see somebody in this. And I did a lot of that. And then also I had expected my business to be here. Of course. And it was, it was here and didn't even realize it. until I had stopped. So you saw your brand in a higher regard than it actually was, is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So it disappointed me because I was just like, why is it not doing what this, yeah. you know, you had unrealistic expectations, right? And um, when I stopped and got my mental together, I realized like, oh my gosh, if I would have kept going, I would have been fine. I had celebrities shouting my stuff out, you know, the really? Black and Yes, Sky and Crystal had 
I had literally hit them up on Instagram. They wanted no money for it. They gave me their, their, you know, their, um, they gave me their PL boxes for me to send mm-hmm. them stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had shouted it out. And then I started having random people that was okay with me sending them stuff, shouting my stuff out. And in my head, I'm like, that's still not good enough. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, I know that they shouting it out, but where the sales at? How come the sales aren't coming in? Oh, I and see. I'm just like, you were too focused on the number. You were focused on how mm-hmm. much could you sell more so than the name, the notoriety. Not even realizing like, girl, you are in the middle of COVID. Everybody buying <laughs> no one's no one's buying clothes in the middle of COVID. No, you know what I mean? Like, girl, stop. Like you yeah. lucky that you've gotten all these celebrities to shout their stuff out on their platforms without even charging mm-hmm. you. Like I was being outright ungrateful pretty much. Yeah. Now, not realizing that I had a blessing in this now, <laughs> now, how'd you become self-aware though to realize that you were looking at yourself or looking at your brand in a narcissistic way from what you make it sound <laughs> <Pretty> like? <much. laughs> Um, so, you know, during COVID, a lot of people was like watching YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, because that's all that there was really to do. Yeah. And it was this one YouTuber that, um, I was watching all the time, Glamazante. And she literally did like the background, like the behind the scenes, the stress and the trouble that she had to go through. And just not just her, like multiple YouTubers, how they were stressing out because like, you know other YouTubers that they thought were friends that they wanted to sell their stuff, they wanted money for it. It wasn't just like, hey, girl, I got you. You know what I mean? Like, you be shouting at myself, let me take care of you. And then I wanted Ari. I was like, ooh. You want Ariana Ari- Grande? No, not Ariana Grande. Ari Fletcher, the one that is engaged to uh, Moneybag. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ooh, she got a big following. Because yeah. she was shouting out this girl's facial products for a bit. And mm-hmm. every time the girl had a drop, it was selling out. And she would record it. And she was making a million dollars in like 10 minutes every uh-huh. time she dropped it because her and her whole team was shouting it out. And I was like, ooh, I got to get my stuff sent to her. Mind you, I'm in the mindset already. Like, I don't got to pay no celebrity to wear my stuff because I'm just hitting them up. And they weren't, you know what I mean? They're shouting it out. Mm-hmm. So I hit her team up. And I'm like, I was coming out with this line called Limelight. Because at the moment, green was that, you know, that right behind neon green was the color. And I was uh-huh. like, ooh. And I had dresses. I had two pieces. And I had, like, you know, rompers and stuff. Something to fit everybody in that color, to fit right? everybody. So, like, yeah. when, you, when, when you say everybody, at this point, what's your, your, your target audience? Is it, is it predominantly young women? Is it young women and men or couples to match each other? It's everybody. Everybody. Because so, like, 8 to 80? When you say everybody? I, when I say everybody, I mean everybody. I've been seeing some 80 years olds on freaking TikTok. And I'm like, all right, get it. You know what I mean? Like everybody. Mm-hmm. You do not, like the clothes don't make you. You make the clothes. But I want to mm-hmm. have something that everybody is comfortable in. Because I uh-huh. haven't been, I've gone through all different stages in my life. where I've been comfortable in stuff and not comfortable in things. I've seen some things where I'm like, oh my gosh, that's cute. But I don't see myself in it. Like, I'm tired of seeing, like, these tall, skinny models and stuff, or mm-hmm. either curvaceous, no waist, big butt. <laughs> I want everybody to be able to see everybody. themselves. You know what I mean? But, like, how, okay, how do you make clothes, though, for everybody? I feel like, I mean, there's, like, a million when sizes, do, then, when it comes to it. When I do a line, right? Okay. Yeah? So, let's say, so, for instance, let's do Limelight. So, Limelight had a sporty lime green fit in it. Limelight had a club dress in it. 
Limelight had a one-piece jumpsuit in it. Mm-hmm. And then Limelight had just like a cute little casual outfit in it. So it's that color, but because of your body size and shape or whatever your style is, sexy, sporty, casual, uh-huh. mom, uh-huh. there was something in that, you know, for you, for in everybody. that one line that you could like, you know what, I, I, I like that. I like that. I can wear that. Or, wow. You know what? Me and my girl can wear that. She can wear the dress and I can wear the sporty one because I'm more sporty and she's more the, you know, the sexy, sensual uh-huh. type. You know what I mean? That's uh-huh. when I say everybody. I had some uh-huh. stuff that was sexy and kind of revealing. I had some stuff that was covered up. And my models, they were all different people. Uh-huh. Like, I had one girl who just had a baby. Mm-hmm. I had one girl that was super sporty. I had one girl that was thin. I had one girl, you know what I mean, that was thin, but she was mixed, so she had a little bit more curves. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like, yeah. I just had a little bit of everything, so you could see yourself in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's my main worry. I mm-hmm. hate every time I look at something, and I'm just like, mm, that's cute, but that's I can't cute, but... okay so um well then uh when it comes into inspiration it seems like okay so you you want to target everyone you want everyone to feel comfortable in what they were with every line is there like a certain theme to it like i mean it could be something as simple as happiness or live your life or you know lower for example like what the met gala does Sometimes it can mm-hmm. be obscure with it, like heavenly bodies or celestial <laughs> objects or some shit like that. So my theme for this line that I'm coming up with is Carnival. And for the people who don't know what Carnival is, it's a Caribbean parade where you basically get to show off your heritage from the Caribbeans and the colors. And you just be you and don't even give a fuck. And you just have a good time. That's my thing. That was always been a big thing in New York, like Flag Day. Because like I said, it is a mixed pot. So everybody from all over the world lives in new york and it's just like it's just happiness it's joy it's colors it could be bright colors it could be dark colors it could be black like it could be whatever you know whatever color you want and whatever you want it to be and um the clothes not all the clothes are like raw 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 out there yeah but it pretty much you know it doesn't start out with when you look at it, you're like, oh, that's carnival thing. It starts out with basically it tells a story about me. It mm-hmm. starts with New York. That's where mm-hmm. I'm from. New York mm-hmm. is who made me who I am today. And then it kind of just takes you on a journey. Like my mom, she danced, she does African dance and she makes African belts. Yeah. And that's something that's always been in my life. My mom danced with me while I was in her belly. Yeah. And like literally she would take me to dance class and I did to go to sleep to the African drums. So uh-huh. like you'll see like um it's just i'm gonna explain it you'll see a little bit of new york you'll see a little bit of the colors from carnival you'll see a little bit of like the ancestral plane you know from our ancestors the white the gold you know you'll see some yeah. of that so it's just a little bit of everything and yeah so like so african it's just african me ins- i'm all over the place <laughs> wow so you'd say right now it's, it's for, for this carnival theme african inspired melting pot of new york Lots of belts, as mm-hmm. your mom had, was it, uh, makes or is into? And Yeah, so my mom has a, a company called The Secret Red Bag, and she makes these African belts. Wow. And, um, yeah, she's pretty well known in New York, too. So if you guys are ever in New York and want a belt, hit my mom up. Wow. <laughs> it seems like you have a lot of inspiration around you to take you where you are. Yeah. My whole family is creative. Models. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so, like, um, 
to mm. kind of touch bases on um, what I was saying was stopping me before. Like, you know, I didn't feel like I had the support. Uh-huh. Right. Um, I was watching an interview. I don't remember the girl's name, but she was talking about how your biggest supporters are always going to be strangers. It's not going to be your friends and family. And like everyone in the crowd start cheering because they're like, yeah, you know, that's crazy. Like, why are my supporters always people I don't know? It's never my friends or family. And she said she had to check herself and step back and be like, have I given out the same support to the people that I want support from? You know what I mean? How mm-hmm. can you expect someone to support you in that way? Did you support them in going mm-hmm. to school? Did you support them in whatever business venture that they had building? Were you there and supportive when they were going through whatever, you know, life situations they were going to? So how can you expect your friends and family to give you the type of support that you want if you haven't given it to them? And you just have mm. to realize at the end of the day, like you have to be your own supporter. You mm. have to be able to get up and look in the mirror and go, look, girl, you got mm. this. You go and do it today. Because at the end of the day, they're not going to design anything. No. They're not going to put together anything. No. They're not if the business fails, they're not going to bother up. Yeah. You they're not going to be as into your dreams as you are. No, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, speaking of that, then, what other advice do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs? Because, okay, um, believe in yourself. I think that's a very strong one that needs to be internalized. A lot easier said than done. Because when people are giving you shit or hating mm-hmm. on you, it's really hard, mm-hmm. especially from people who, whose opinions you value. Very hard to not let uh-huh. it affect you. And sometimes, you know, advice is advice. Sometimes it's worth listening mm-hmm. to. Sometimes it really isn't. And you have to pick and choose, and that's hard. But what else? I uh, wish. Mm-hmm. I wish I could remember. I watched so many videos, so many like um, inspirational videos. I wish I could remember who said it, but don't ever let somebody's $40,000 opinion destroy your million dollar dream. Okay? Snaps to that. Because not everybody is going to be able to see your dream. Everyone's always going to think that your dream is too out of the box because they can't fit you know, their brand around what you're thinking. You know what I mean? Just because you see somebody else doing clothes, if I mean, if you can't do it, you know how many different brands of bread there is? <laughs> like, just so, and they're all making money. You know what I mean? You mm. will be your worst critic. You'll be your own, your worst enemy. You cannot let sticks and, you know, you cannot let words and sticks and stones break your bones, okay? Hell yeah. Hell you, yeah have to use that as motivation because someone's always going to have something to say about what you're doing. Even if you're not doing something or if you're doing something, somebody's going to have an opinion. And you just have to learn how to not become a product of your environment, not let whatever you've been through, you know what I mean, stop you from doing greater things and try to learn from it. And, you know, for the long run, I wasn't able to get up and have, you know, positive thinking. Like what helped for me for a bit was to put affirmations, write them down and put them on the mirror. So when I go look in the mirror or, you know, just my little work area, when I go look, I see something positive because there's always something in the back of your mind that's like, can you do this? Like even right now, like my other half, he needed to go somewhere, but he stayed because I was nervous. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. (laughs) And he's like, no, I got you. And it's like just something as simple as a podcast, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. I, no, there's a little yeah. thing in the back of my mind. It's like, 
can you do this podcast? Like, are you going to be able to do this? Are you going to say the wrong thing? Is anyone going to be able to connect with what you're saying? Is anyone going to be able to understand what you're saying? Are you going to be making sense? And it's like, it's still a process. Like, I'm still trying to learn how to overcome that completely. Of course. There's always going to be that small voice in the back of your head. But it's up to you if you're going to listen to it or not. Yeah. Um, to have a bias towards action. You know, like, I mean, we're not going to be perfect. We're not perfect. But to just be there to show up and to do the work. I mean, what? Worst case scenario. What? It sucks. And it's hilarious. Right. You, you know, you fail. I mean, like short of it being devastating. Right. You'll be fine. You know, you'll bounce back. And it's something you can laugh about in the future. I that's something I, I can't uh, get behind enough. But, you know, speaking of that, this is your first fashion show. Right. Yes. So I want to hear about this. Okay. Cause I'm thinking, right. So the only fashion shows that I'm, I've been exposed to has been in high school. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. I mean, I never was in it, but seeing like the logistics, you get like 20 something models, you have so many Mm -hmm. different outfits, the outfit changes, where does the money Mm -hmm. for all this go? How do you get the word out marketing Mm -hmm. this, that, okay. Where the hell do you start? Because I don't know where the hell you start. I will, okay, so before I get to, I will say that I'm blessed because, um, like I said, I was in New York. So I've been in fashion shows and I've also interned. So I've done the behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. What I was saying earlier, my godmother, she owned me in essence. So I've done a lot of fashion shows and I've done the behind the scenes and shadowed her. So that's why I kind of know already what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing is the dream. The dream. Okay. That's step one. So step one is you can't just wake up and go, I'm going to do a fashion show. And then, okay, what is the thing? Mm-hmm. What clothes are you putting? <laughs> like, you have to mm-hmm. have a dream. Yeah. You have to already have something, a theme, a story that you're already trying to tell. So when you go look for your models, when you go to try to put your pieces together, down to trying to get the music for the show. That it all matches that theme, that dream and everything. So the first thing that I did was I came up with a dream. I came up with a theme. I knew that with my first show, I wanted to tell my story. I wanted to introduce the world to who Ashley is. Mm-hmm. And show you a little bit, little bits and pieces of her. The second thing I did was I started talking about it with people. So I started getting people talking about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But then they're like, oh, the fashion show? Where are you having this fashion show at? So then this is where my affirmations came in. I said, I'm going to have a fashion show at Down the Hatch. I'm going to have a fashion show at Dirty Monkey. I'm going to have a fashion show at Kuala Beery. And what did I do? I put it up in the world. I went and talked to Down the Hatch. I said, I would like to do a fashion show. You know, just kind of keep keying to the right people about it. And um, thankfully, they listened to my idea. And they were like, wait, that actually sounds like a good idea. We've never had a fashion show here. Wow. But you know what? You know, let's have you talk to our event planner. And I'm like, okay. So now I'm like, all right, I have to talk to the event planner. So now it's real. It's not a dream anymore. Right? So yeah. now I'm like, why models? So I took my logo. I made some flyers. And I handed out some flyers. I talked to some of the local businesses. But why would these local businesses want to hang up my flyers in their window? You know what? I'm handing out swag bags at these shows. I would love to put some of your samples or something oh in it gosh. to get your business out. They're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that's amazing. Now they're okay with 
posting my flyers on their, you know, on their windows or in their shop or wherever it is, or posting it inside their break room because they're not allowed to post it on their window. Just so, you know, their local workers can look at it and go, you know what, maybe this is something I want to do. Or maybe I know somebody that might want to do it. Um, and then it went from there to now getting social media influence on it and paying for And I didn't pay for a big ad. I literally spent $60 on an ad. And that was it. I was like, wow. I'm going to spend $60 and then see where it gets me. And then it went from there to just word of mouth. Like every time I got a model, I was like, hey, you know somebody that might want to. Or they're like, oh, can I bring a friend? They bring their friend. And I'm like, you know what? You've got a nice look to you. You don't want to walk to? Just come have fun. Just come have fun. If you don't want to do it afterwards, don't do it afterwards. But come have fun. So it's just kind of like word of mouth and trying to get people to believe in the dream that I had. You know, that I had. And um, once I got that, it was now rehearsals. And what I did with the rehearsals was there were some people who had done it before and some people who didn't. So it was kind of like I would mix match them. I would you know, team them up with each other. And then I would motivate them because you start out nervous. You're like, oh my gosh. And I made sure that I let them know, you know what? It's okay because I'm nervous too. So there's no reason for you to like, you're not nervous. And um, I just, you know, try to motivate everybody and try to make everyone feel sexy about it. And then everyone was having a good time. And then because everyone was having a good time, it made everyone go, you know what? I want to shout this out. I want to see if more people want to do it. So then they started shouting it out and shouting it out on their Instagram. Wow. And then at that point, you know, as I'm doing that during the day, during rehearsal, at night, I'm putting the line together. The line's in my head, but it's not out on paper yet. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, you know, getting the fluff fluff together. And then all of a sudden I decided, ooh, it's going to be carnival thing. You know what? I'm going to make my wings. <laughs> I'm not ordering those. I'm going to make them. And I was like, you know what? Ooh, and I'm going to make these wire bras to go with it. And I'm like, oh, you know what would be a good idea, too? I need to find some body paint, someone that can do body paint, get them involved in it, mm-hmm. you know, and get their platform involved in it, you know, get my people wow. to see their work and then get their people to see my work. You know, I just want it where it's mutually beneficial for everybody. And then yeah. I even tell models, I'm like, if you got something that you do and you got a business card, you got a sample, something that you want, put it in the bag, more the merrier, shout your business out. Wow. And then, like, some of my models, they have families, too. And they were, like, that was one of the top reasons why a lot of people were, like, they couldn't do it. And I'm just, like, bring your kids down. I have three kids myself. Who am I to tell you that you can't bring your kids down and my kids are sitting there? And I remember being, a, you know, a single mom and just being a parent in general. There's a lot of things that I want to do. And I'm not able to do it because either I don't have a babysitter or you can't bring yeah. your kids to it. So I'm just like, look, this is the designated area for the kids. You are liable for whatever happens with your kids. But they can come and have fun. And then, you know, I'm just, I just, that was one of my main things that I've always talked about. If I ever got a location, I wanted to make sure my location had a daycare or something. A space for that. Because wow. I remember how hard it is trying to find a job, you know, where it works around babysitting and daycare and all that. And that stuff is expensive. Like you work just to pay for daycare, just to go to work. Like it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like there, what I don't understand is why none of these businesses have come up with the idea of having a daycare after our school care or something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. But to locate it. So these people that have kids, can go to work 
and, you know, don't have to worry about paying out the butt. You know what I mean? Yeah. My God. Completely. For their kids, you know, yeah. to be watched. Or like wow. these families don't have to deal with where like um, the mom or the dad works in the day and the other one works at night. So the mm. kids never get both parents, you know, all day because yeah. they have to switch off when they can because it's so expensive to pay for daycare. So I was just like, you know what? And you were like, no, it's, that's not going to be the case with my thing. No, you know what I mean? No, like, it's not. That was my issue for the longest. Wow. And I just want everybody to be able to have fun and everyone to be included. Yeah. So like from what I'm hearing is this started, yes, as a dream, as a theme. You had to initially mm-hmm. explain the story out to some people. But then as you start explaining it to some people, some say no, but some say yeah. And then the more mm-hmm. people say yeah, it starts to snowball. Oh, well, actually people mm-hmm. are doing this. Oh, well, these people are doing that. And it's like, oh, really? Well, then I'll do. Oh, but I don't know if I can. No, it's 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 okay. Uh-huh. And now you have this huge operation on your hands and something uh-huh. that's going to be something. Wow. And I think that um, because I knew it was going to go here at one point, that's why it took so long that now we're in 2022. Mind you, until I started this, 2019. Mm-hmm. And it took until 2022 for me mm-hmm. to do this because mm-hmm. it, would scare, it would scare me and stress me out because I know, I'm not going to say like, oh, there's a possibility. No, I'm putting stuff into existence and I'm going to speak into existence. I know that it's going to take off and that it's going to be bigger than the dream that I'm coming up with. And it used wow. to stress me out because I was just like, oh my God, am I ready for this? Yeah. Is this what I want to do? And then I'd yeah. make every excuse in the book on why I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, you know what? I have a 13 year old who's about to be 14 who plays football and he already knows the college he wants to go to. I have a daughter who wants to be a gymnastic and a cheerleader and do ballet. My middle child wants to be a ninja president, astronaut. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm you're like, just, and now you're set to go and run with it. You know, speaking of, um, where can people see uh, where the show is so they could potentially go to it or website? The website relaunches June 1st. There will be a link for mm. you to live stream it, to see the live stream. Um, mm. The Big show is going to be the show that's going to be live streamed, and that's the one in July. Mm-hmm. Um, the two shows in June, there will be announcements on our website for the people that will be in town. You'll see pictures and like little clips of it on our social media, mm-hmm. which is Maui Sugar Waves for the social media, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, the website is MauiSugarWaves.com. Mm-hmm. So it's super simple. It's the All name that. And- We'll be down in the description down below, just so, just in case anyone wants to uh, take a look. But Ashley, from what I see here, you are a very ambitious woman who, you know, in spite of being through the bad times, has come out of it into Mm -hmm. something that seems really bright and amazing. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is. I'll be following this myself and I really hope the best for your fashion show and Maui Sugar Waves. I hope it, you know, expands beyond the Island everywhere. Yes. Yeah. And one thing I did want to just add is um, Mm -hmm. just don't let however horrible things are in your past or currently stop you from doing your dream. Because I believe, and you don't have to be religious to think this either, but I believe God will never put you through anything that he feels like you can't handle. 
And sometimes you feel like you go through the same mistake over and over and over again. And it's just because you haven't learned. Yeah. Amen so, to that. Right? And um, I'm telling you right now, ain't nothing about to stop me. Ain't nothing about to stop my sunshine. Oh, no. I'm an Aries. I don't know if you know anything about being an Aries. I am day? an Aries, actually. Hey! Hey, 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 hey. April 5th. When's yours? Eighth. Ah! I feel like we might have talked about this that we, day. We might have talked about it, yeah, when we, when we met each other. It's amazing how coincidences work, but... Ashley, right? thank you so much. You were thank an absolutely you, amazing person to listen to and wish you the best. I wish you the best too. Well, thank you. Well, take care, guys. I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for coming to the party.